0: White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here again, hosting the Southside Sox podcast. It's number 21 and usually it's lighthearted fair mm. on the podcast. Unfortunately, going to be a little more muted today. I have Colleen, not Paul <laughs> Sullivan, joining me um, on today's podcast. And of course, it's on our front page. You should have already read it. She wrote a terrific piece in response to the well, let's just say the latest um, example of um, nastiness in baseball, it's the Mickey Callaway situation, we'll call it. However, this has just been an ongoing situation. It really seems like, if not weekly, it seems like at this point, every other day we're dealing with a situation like this. It's an absolute must read. Please read it. It's linked in this article. If you're so lazy, you can't navigate somewhere else on the front page to read it, but please do if you haven't already. Uh, because we're going to be discussing that primarily on this podcast and certainly first and foremost. So, Colleen, first of all, thanks for writing the piece. Obviously, you jumped on it pretty quickly, and it's a, a really thorough examination of what has become really, I mean, it's been a chronic issue, but it, it yeah. seems like it's becoming, uh, the intensity is picking up here.
1: Well, and I think it really, I mean, it's very much like the Mets had two huge PR, I mean, really three PR problems if you count. Steve Cohen's weird Robin Hood hedge fund nonsense, but in terms of front office and coaches, they had two really huge PR problems, and it was both men behaving badly. Now, Jared Cohen apparently was a big surprise to a lot of people because it was, you know, the one woman, she kept it very much to herself. She didn't want to report it. She was afraid of backlash in her home country and all of these other things, Um, but what really got me with Mickey Callaway was the comment, this was the worst kept secret of baseball. And, you know, it's like, if this is the worst kept secret in baseball, what else is there? You know? Um, and one of the things I brought up in the article was the Gabe Kepler stuff from 2015, which, um, Alex Verdugo was one of the players involved in that, Um, and he plays for the Red Sox now, so he truly was not punished for his role in beating a woman, allegedly sexually assaulting a woman, and it really shows us that baseball doesn't care about women.
0: Yeah, and it speaks to what you just said, given the, the Mets having, you know, the Mets, I guess, being the focal point, even though yep. obviously several teams are involved here with both Jared Porter, now deposed uh, GM, and now Mickey Callaway is, uh, yep. you know, the thing I'll add to what you said is these were preventable problems. These are problems that it seems to me, I'm no, um, uh, I'm no, I am no uh uh can't even think of the word but I'm not a personnel professional but it seems to me right. like it is uh something entirely preventable by mm-hmm. simple background checks I mean and, and you're talking in the case with Callaway it, it's it's an open air secret mm-hmm. you know this isn't something that people need to scratch their heads about
1: well yeah I mean and Gabe Kapler the manager of the Giants like I will shout out Jessica I'm, I'm gonna totally butcher her last name <laughs> Jessica Crowley who, um, she was really someone who's hammered home all of the stuff with Gabe Kapler and Alex Verdugo and the bad behavior of the Dodgers in 2015. I mean, and yeah, they were minor leaguers. It was a player development, but they're still representative of an organization. Yeah. And Gabe Kapler's buddy, who's the GM of the Giants now, whose name I absolutely can never say. Right. Um, which. Fabian. Yeah. Um he his buddy gave him a job and it really goes to show you that yes, these stories become big news, but what hap- what happens? Like they go away for a year and they come back and they can still be managers. Meanwhile, women like Alyssa Nakin and Kim Ng and any woman who gets a front office job or who gets a coaching job There is initially a waterfall of, oh, this is so great. It's great for women. She's breaking barriers, breaking glass ceilings. And then there's the Aubrey Huffs of the world who follow up with, oh, is she qualified? Well, she played softball, so she's not qualified. You know what? Kim Ng and Alyssa Nakin are way more qualified than the fucking hedge fund bros they had running the Astros. Okay? Because all that did was take the hedge fund finance bro culture and integrated into the Astros, where then we get the cheating and all of you know that other nonsense. so oh. mm-hmm. as much as these stories come out and as like I want to be so outraged, but I'm so exhausted like I'm not surprised. I mean when stories like this you know Mickey Calloway being a pervert, not surprised Jared Porter harassing a female reporter, not surprised. Women reporters or women, rep- yeah, women reporters in sports media have stories like this. If you follow any female sports reporter on Twitter, they, can, they tell stories like this all the time about players who have harassed them in the locker room, players who have blocked them from going to the locker room, things that coaches have said to them, things that men in the media have said to them. And yes, it's a pervasive problem in all of professional sports but Major League Baseball likes to pretend that they're above a lot of that nonsense. We're not the NFL. We don't have these problems. Look at how wonderful we are, but looking at the root of it, the fan base is homogenous. It's white men. It's white straight men. And as you know, baseball's bringing in new fans slowly or lifelong fans like myself or Janice or Allie, any of the other women who write for the blog, this is shit that we see all the time. You know, it's everyday life for us. And baseball wants to pretend like they don't have a problem. They want to pretend like the Sam Dysons of the world and Omar Vizcal and Yassi Upweek and all of these guys are an outlier issue. And it's not. It is indicative of a larger problem that baseball has where they're not punishing people for Being assholes. And the domestic violence stories that have been coming out, especially Sam Dyson's, it's horrific to read these, where Alexis Blackburn, who was Sam Dyson's ex girlfriend, detailed her accusations. And one of the big things that stands out is, she says, well, Major League Baseball has a domestic violence number you can call, but it's given to the players. It's not given, you know, and it's mentioned to the families, but this isn't easily accessible information. So, all you're doing is continuing to hide a problem. You're continuing to make it harder for victims to access help. And I mean, I feel like that's almost step one of changing the culture and changing the problem is you have to make this information accessible and continue on rolling downhill with that.
0: Sort of extraordinary. As you point out in your story that it was only 2015 when baseball and the players association even formalized and agreed on a policy to begin with, as if somehow in 2015, this just began. And now we're at the point where we're getting a frequency. I mean, you just recounted a handful of stories and it's certainly not all of them ran them off like this. And we're at the point now that even me as a person who is not necessarily the target of this type of behavior, um, is just saying, okay, what's next? It It isn't yeah. surprising to realize, you know, when the next one comes. And mm-hmm. I don't think this is exactly a lot of digging that's going on. No. As you said, every, frankly, every reporter, and certainly mm-hmm. in this specific context, every female reporter uh, has these stories in their notebook. And it's just a matter of yep. whether or not they want to page through and tell them as, mm-hmm. as a, as both a writer and a fan then Colleen, I mean, I, It came as a relief to me yesterday, you know, as I remarked uh, to the staff that this was something that was on my mind to write about. The fact that you um, stepped forward to write (laughs) on it obviously gave me some relief in that I don't think I'm necessarily the one to be writing this story. There's other things to cover as well. And so thank you for that. And obviously you lend a perspective that I can't um, but as a, as both a writer and a and a fan, and certainly your tone comes out in what you wrote and what you've said so far. But what's the cumulative effect this begins to have to you as someone who isn't in this? Apparently, the only safe demographic demographic as fans being white male in baseball. Uh, not that it's any shock to you, but how does it yeah. make you feel when it just when this is just starting to come? Is there some pleasure that is getting out is it just more as you said you're you're exhausted but then there is still some fire in what you're saying uh how do you as a fan then start continue with this sport yeah
1: so one of the reasons i'm not a football fan aside from i don't like like i just don't like football Fair. there's a really the nfl culture is hugely problematic <laughs> which is not this is not a secret no. <laughs> okay one of the things that I have a hard time with as a fan of baseball is I grew up with baseball. I love it. But what do you, and what do you do when something you love doesn't love you back? I mean, and again, as a woman who exists in the world, that's a question I have to ask myself all the time, right? Like things I like don't like me back, right? Like baseball culture, growing up, you know, knowing that there's not a place for me in baseball, which is, you know, I, I was a kid in the nineties, you know, I grew up, no, there's not a place for me in major league baseball. It's wonderful that they're, you know, the teams are hiring female coaches and female front office leads because now girls coming up know they can see themselves in those jobs. And that representation is incredibly important, not only for women, but for members of the LGBTQ community, minorities, all of that stuff. Um, so all of that is incredibly important. But as things like this come out and as it goes on, you have to compartmentalize it where you have to decide what is the line? What is the line that I'm going to stop watching? What is the line that I'm going to stop caring about this? What is the line that I'm going to stop caring about my team? Because I know that if something specifically affected my team, I have a harder time with compartmentalizing that than if it's a different team which I'm I'm fully able to admit like it, I would have a much harder time rationalizing watching the White Sox to myself if there was and I'm not saying that there's not some sort of issue within the White Sox we know that their front office has got their own problems there's not women working in the organization except for the trainer or the massage therapist who whenever they say her name on opening day men hoot and holler you know it's <laughs> I'm like, that poor, you know, like, first of all, good for her for having that job. But secondly, like, are you all fucking kidding me? Come on. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. And as someone who's been a, you know, who's been a victim in the past, it's hard to keep reading these stories. It's, you know, because you think about your own history and I don't have all the answers. I'm not saying that I do, but I think there needs to truly be a reckoning here and that the problems need to be addressed yeah, and by, was, but at a higher level.
0: It, it speaks just to the little anecdote you give where the response to the sole female name announced on opening day is the typical rise in cheers. And with that, I'm sure, who toler's whistles. Um, and I guess that gets to perhaps another thing to discuss here that's related is the fact that baseball is just a microcosm, right? Okay. Um, obviously we're dealing with some outliers with, you know, the fact that the guys have more money than your average citizen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but this is a societal problem as well. So as you're looking at it, and I mean, just using the anecdote of the, the, the trainer or the massage therapist being announced on opening day, uh, as a tag here uh are we expected what's what's the prognosis i mean obviously we're gonna drag our way through through progress right and reckoning or not this is still going to be there's going to be a lot of teeth getting pulled here there's going to be a lot of growing pains here as a fan then as a writer as a person who's loved the game for so long um are you prepared to have that patience, providing you see that there is progress that can make you encouraged? Yeah. Um, what is it you need to see?
1: I need to see actual progress. So there needs to be more than just when things like this come out, there's always, you know, there's inevitably articles like mine where there's, oh, you know, this is so terrible that it happened. Everybody's going to name drop Porter. People may or may not bring up Sam Dyson, which is a lesser-known story. You know, there's there's inevitably going to be these other things that are brought up, and then it's all going to go away in a week. What really, truly needs to happen is there needs to be actionable work where Major League Baseball updates their policies to some extent, some sort of zero tolerance, because I feel like that's not there. Um, There needs to be one of the reasons women don't come forward. There's an onslaught of, oh, well, she's lying, or all of that, you know, stuff like that. And addressing it on a a national stage or a global stage, the backlash is so much greater. So there needs to be some way for these things to be able to be reported where the victims are not going to fear reprisal, whether it's some sort of anonymous line, whether there's a dedicated, department like there needs to be something where victims feel comfortable addressing these issues also the other thing is we inevitably have our big dumb asshole trevor bauer who was you know and i i have had to and i'll admit it i don't like trevor bauer i didn't like him when he was on cleveland because it's like oh he's an opposing pitcher fuck sure. that guy um but as his personality has shown on Twitter, he's a sentient barstool post. Yep. And having comments and like I don't like Trevor Bauer because he sends his fans after women who criticize him. I've had to lock my own Twitter account because of it. I've had, to, you know, and I've had to lock my direct messages and I'm not the only person who has a story like that. No. Whether and I'm not saying that Trevor Bauer has directly sent people after me, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying at all. Right. However, if I've criticized him on twitter inevitably there's a rush of comments that i'm a fucking bitch and i'm wrong and i'm an idiot and he hasn't actually done anything yes he has when he sees these criticisms when he gets this criticism instead of ignoring it like any rational adult might because it's the internet and people say shit all the time he retweets it and essentially sends thousands of followers to harass somebody That's not okay. And it's a very large imbalance of a power dynamic. However, those stories go away. You know, this is one of those things, like, people, like, people on the internet, people on Twitter remember, like, but the story inevitably goes away, and then we're bombarded with alerts from MLB.com and ESPN. And, oh, Trevor Bauer's this great big free agent. He's a free agent. What team's going to get him? And it's like you're holding your breath because you're like, I don't want this guy yeah. on my team because yeah. he seems like a huge shitbag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? And saying, like, I don't want Trevor Bauer on my team. And you don't even need to say why. If you just say, I don't want Trevor Bauer on my team, inevitably there's going to be a barrage of people. Well, you don't want a Cy young mm-hmm. pitcher in your team? You don't mm-hmm. want a good pitcher on your team? You know what? No, you guys say you don't want Nick Madrigal or somebody says they don't want Adam Eaton. You're entitled to have that opinion. But for some reason, he, because of his personality and because of the way he behaves, it creates this vitriol. Mm -hmm. So knowing that that happens, and this isn't a secret that doesn't happen in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. It's not like this corner of the inner that, that nobody knows about. It's been widely reported on. But MLB still markets him as this great free agent. Mm-hmm. He won a Cy Young. Yep. He, you know, he's so cool. He has a YouTube channel, and
0: he's cutting edge.
1: Yeah. Oh, look, he's so cool. And like being an edge lord isn't cool. It makes you a douchebag. Okay, just stop. Nobody cares that you that you think you're hot shit. But inevitably it tells people that this culture of harassment and that this behavior is okay and Trevor Bauer's never actually been punished by the teams that he's been on like he was punished for throwing a ball over the center field wall in Kansas yeah,
0: City he got and he got traded yeah but yeah
1: but when he when he harassed the college student off of twitter cleveland was just like
0: it's twitter what is this thing
1: twitter he didn't Social media, I don't know how to use this computer. And there has like there has to be something. There need Major League Baseball needs to do something about this. And I'm nope. not just saying they need to do something about Trevor Bauer. It's indicative of a wider culture that he feels like he can do these things and get away with it. Because he can.
0: Well, and it, it's a tell too, and and not to indict because I know we have people on our, you know, in our comments who 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 support the notion and some of the things you right. just said. He's a great player; that's undeniable. The guy has talent. He could obviously right. be used, used and useful in the White Sox rotation, absolutely. But it is a tell for those fans who are willing to support it, sort of like I'd say by any means necessary because it's it's it is a tell on yourself because if you are going yeah. to somehow compartmentalize what this guy is and it's not even necessarily the female harassment or the online harassment. It, it's, you know, it's the idea of what he's going to be in a clubhouse to his teammates. Uh, it's the, right. idea, the response, the sense of personal responsibility he takes toward the game. Obviously the guy brings something to the field. We wouldn't be discussing him and discussing a nine figure contract if if that wasn't the case right. but to be able to think that you can seg- somehow segment that stuff away and say well when he joins the White Sox or when he joins the Yankees he's going to turn over a new leaf he's going to be different he'll get paid he'll be excited yeah because be the, the Yankees
1: don't have a history of putting up with <laughs> dumb shit okay like let the, that's a whole other podcast so. it is
0: indeed and you I know. would love to dedicate a podcast <laughs> to just dissing the Yankees believe me but it's interesting that, you know, when you're discussing bar that somehow you can just say, all right, here's the numbers on the page. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look at those. And that's all I'm gonna put into my decision here. Uh, even, you know, even if he was free, you can't do that, much less if he's gonna cost what he does. And it, it's such a dangerous line to be walking, and it really touches on not directly what we're, what we have been discussing here, but related enough to say, hey, wait, this is a slippery slope and not like the guy doesn't deserve to be signed somewhere. I suppose not that he doesn't deserve to play baseball, but you better be really careful in making that decision. It isn't just, Oh, cause he harassed a college student or Oh, because he played with a drone. There's a, there's a cumulative effect that this guy has. He's a tornado and to pretend, well, I'm, it doesn't affect me. I don't really care about Twitter um, so I'm going to pretend that isn't there, and I'm going to just base it on his ERA or the fact he did the drone thing or threw the ball over the the fence once. Well,
1: that, that's
0: a dangerous game.
1: So here's the thing: with and there's there's two points to be made here. First of all, there's the personal responsibility of the player. You are a public figure; yeah. you do have a responsibility to at least be a decent human being. You don't have to be super left, super right, super anything. <laughs> But at least show that you're not a dick, you know, like we can hold Sean Doolittle up as a perfect example where him and his wife do great charity work, and he supports independent bookstores, he supports, you know, all of these different things. And he's just, you know, he's just one of those, he's a nice guy. And I'm sure, you know, he has his moments like the rest of us where you want to be an asshole. But he seems like he really understands the platform that he has. Like, look, I have a responsibility to at least be a decent human being. Okay. So the second point there where you're able to sit and look at a piece of paper and say, look at Trevor Bauer's numbers. This is why I want him here. That really speaks to a level of privilege that you've never had to sit there and have somebody talk down to you. You've never had to sit there and have to think, how much do I love this sport that I'm going to continue watching this while this other stuff goes on. Mm -hmm. And never having to examine that privilege is amazing. Right. Like you can just sit there and truly say, but I want Trevor Bauer on my team because his ERA is this, he has a Cy Young, he's got all of these things. And I mean, honestly, like if I could do that, my life would be so much better. (laughs) Right. You know, but I don't, I don't have that luxury. I'm a woman who likes sports and I'm a woman who lives in the world. You know, I don't. And at the end of the day, I don't need men to be allies to sit there and to say, Oh yeah, I think he's a dick too. Okay, well that's cool, but when you see Trevor Bauer stands or other sports men who are saying shit to a woman online because she doesn't she didn't like something and they don't like what she said and they want to be dickheads, fucking stand up for her. Mm-hmm. Okay, like you don't need to be Captain, you know, save everyone. You don't need to be Prince Charming on your white horse, but don't sit there and pretend like this isn't Going on, you know, like that's part of being a good ally is to, you know, step in and help out and to elevate those voices and to elevate, you know, minorities, elevate women, ele- elevate the LGBTQ community. Like it's a larger topic about being a good ally. But at the end of the day, you know, the fact that Sean Doolittle is not, and, you know, Mike Trout, who's also supposed to be a very nice guy. That they're not as elevated by Major League Baseball to the level and the amount that Trevor Bauer is does speak to a larger cultural problem within the baseball community,
0: and, and it speaks to the to privilege of the people who are running the yeah. show because again they can pretend well you know maybe this will go away or no. but there are other good things and that's all true I mean there's no denying what? Trevor Bauer won a Cy Young uh, a, a, a role This Chapman can throw a ball a hundred something miles an hour. Hey, a role
1: can also shoot a gun at his girlfriend.
0: Yeah. Even faster. So, no doubt about yeah. it. No doubt. That's about even, it. You
1: know, that's a whole other thing.
0: And, and listen, it, it, it's fair to say, and I mean, obviously this has personal, all of this has personal relevance for all of us, but, um, you know the the notion that uh, it is something easy to bypass. It is maybe convenient without because I look at the Trevor Bauer situation and I don't have one of the first feelings I don't have is um, disgust or fear. You know whatever however it resonates with a personal story for me. Obviously that is a privilege and again is that something I can keep on my shoulder 24 hours a day? I suppose it's something we all need to try to do. It's. Okay. It's okay yep. if there are those gaps. It's just, if it becomes your practice where it's just like, well, this doesn't exist. It doesn't affect me. Well, that does become a problem. And mm-hmm. we see what the, collectively that problem becomes because we're dealing with that situation right now where it seems like every other day we're getting a story about some malfeasance. And it's all, it's not, you know, it's not mm-hmm. one guy kicks a dog, one guy is harassing a woman, one guy stole money. Uh, I mean that's yep. all there too, but I mean we're getting some real consistent uh, stories that are, that are indicative of a problem that baseball might want to say, oh well, um, the NBA or the NFL, although well, those are the real roughnecks. Well, hey, it's roosting now, and and they better be prepared to to tackle this head on, perhaps beyond just we're going to investigate the Mickey Calloway situation. It will be thorough. And then we will give our recommendation to the angels as to what this guy should do. And yeah. then how long his probation period is before he gets to be hired back into baseball, because you know, that part comes around as well. Very few of any of these guys are, there's, when is there a strike three?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the other thing. It's that I'm, I'm a very firm believer in being able to be re- rehabilitated. Okay. that You accept your punishment. You're rehabilitated you're sorry, all of that. But, there is a but, (laughs) the punishment has not been fitting the crime. And that is something that baseball has to reckon with. Where, and the other thing is that's something that fans have to reckon with. Because there are fans who, especially we saw with Addison Russell, who will come out and say, well, he served his time. Okay, but he's, you know, he's still making comments to the media that are inappropriate. And he's still, you know, he went and played in Korea and his agent's response was, well, he was just suspended over text messages. He didn't actually do anything. He body slammed his wife onto the pavement. You're saying he didn't do anything? Come on. Like, it's, it's stuff like that, you know yeah if he had if he had just been suspended and served his time and you know came out and was appeared to at least be genuinely remorseful, people might have been more willing to forgive him. but the fact that he served his time and came back and nothing changed yeah. so and it's it's, it's it's toothless.
0: This whole, um, you know, this whole idea of, well, you know, like the free market will take care of it, you know, that, you know, the mm. the, the good will rise and the bad will fall is great if there was um, some equitable power in this game. And, and eventually right. one day we'll be, maybe in our lifetimes there will be. Probably not, but you know, it, <laughs> it could be building toward that, sure. But until we have enough voices that are fairly equal, enough people at the table making decisions that sort of collectively resonate through the league, you can't really depend on, well, if Trevor Bauer was such a bad guy, you know, no one would want him. Or uh, if Addison Russell was such a bad guy, no team in any country would want him to to represent. No job would hire him, right? right? So Until we have that kind of, you know, equitable power and that or, that, or that, even the voices that are still maybe rising in this game are truly being heard. And this is a real pivotal point, I think, for baseball mm-hmm. to make sure that's the case, and that some of those voices yep. are elevated, uh, because it can't just be a, a bunch of older white guys smoking cigars in a in a dark room somewhere making decisions mm-hmm. on this stuff anymore. And I know there's a transition out of that. It's just yeah. you, you, you. It'd be hard to convince me that we're transitioning out of that based on how decisions and punishments are, are meted out still in this game and the mm-hmm. fact that we're still just five six years into the fact that there's even a domestic violence policy right.
1: I think Steve I mean and say what everyone wants to say about Steve Cohen being a hedge fund guy and how he made his money and all of that stuff I think the action that he took when he fired Jared Porter I think was very important and I think that shows that he's he took those accusations seriously because one of the other things he came out and said is I have 400 employees to worry about. Mm -hmm. So he's thinking of the larger organization and a larger shift to essentially a better culture. So whether or not you believe him, it's clear that he's trying to do something good. He's trying to fix the bad front office culture that the Mets have had for many years for other reasons. Um, But I think we need to see more things like that because if major league baseball is not going to accept responsibility at a league level, we need those individual teams to hold the bad behavior accountable. And then as those individual teams continue to do it and continue to say, this is not accepted here. We will not accept this behavior. You're if you're a reporter behaving this way, you're locked out of the locker room. We're taking a press pass player players acting this way. You're getting benched and reported to the Players Association. If Major League Baseball, as a league, is not going to show any sort of response or act, accept responsibility for changing the culture, we need those individual teams to do it. And again, whether or not that happens is it—it it all remains to be seen. But I want to be optimistic that things are going to change. It's 2020. I'm not optimistic that anything's going to change. <laughs> Uh, or it's 2021 now. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it
0: doesn't stop, Colleen. It's no, just relentless. It
1: I, I want to have optimism that it'll get better, but I'm 36 years old. I haven't seen a lot of progress, so I'm not that optimistic.
0: Maybe we take Steve Cohen as an example. Guy, I've certainly been critical of in how he got to where he got to, but guess what? You know, oh, yeah. it can always change you know, a as Chapman could be a guy who's much more outspoken going the other direction. Now, if he had changed inside and he felt, that he had been reprimanded in a way that forced him to change, we might be hearing different things from him. And I frankly have no personal knowledge of World's Chapman. I assume he is not leading the charge against domestic violence at this point. So Steve Cohen, doesn't matter how you got here, do the right thing now, which I'll agree, he certainly has. You need to take this stuff seriously. You need to feel embarrassed if something got past you. No team, no person's infallible. Something can sneak by. Sometimes you do just, you know, take the word or you believe you know the candidate. I, you know, I get it. I'm sure that's something that human resources deals with every minute of every yeah. hour of the day. Uh, that said, okay, when it's identified that something's wrong, or when more more so, when behavior is wrong, is identified to you. All right, make the right decision now, because otherwise, how are we going to get any of us fans, particularly a fan like yourself, Colleen, to to want to turn on the game the next night to say, all right. I'm going to get past all this other stuff that I'm carrying with me. I'm going to just try to enjoy this baseball game, which we are all gathering together to talk about and why we have to devote a podcast to this is tragic, but it is important to to devote to. And I appreciate what you wrote. Uh, And again, it is a must read. Please everyone take a look at it and, and think about it. You know, beyond that, think about what's being addressed by Colleen in this piece and what you're hearing in the news and pretty much all off season you've been hearing because it's significant that even though this might not affect you or you don't care or you're going to say, I don't care about racism or sexism or income inequality or any of this. So I don't care about any team, but the White Sox, that's not the real world. And, you know, nobody can force you and tell you how to be a fan and how you should be a fan. But as a citizen, And as any sort of responsible fan, you should care about this stuff, and I'll get off my soapbox. I'm the last person who should be soapboxing this. But Colleen, um, I don't really want to wedge it in, but let's take a quick break, and (laughs) let's just, after this heavier, long first half, let's just address a little bit about what's going on in baseball as well because there are things happening that affect us in – perhaps just <laughs> significantly or more. Uh, we will take a quick break and be back on the podcast. And if you're watching the video, Hey, like I always tell you, just close your eyes for a second. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Brett Valentini here with Colleen, not Paul Sullivan, here on White <laughs> the Southside Socks podcast number 21. Uh, we've had a first half. It was a little heavy, but very necessary uh, to address in this podcast. Um, Mickey Calloway, et cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum. Let's talk now about something that is maybe just as controversial. We'll try to address it somewhat quickly, and that is the exchange proposals, or I guess not exchange proposals. MLB made a proposal to the Players Association that involved pushing back the season a month, extending it by a week, uh, shrinking the season down to 154 games, and – including expanded playoffs. The players pretty quickly rejected that. No counterproposal. They just say, let's roll it out the way it is. And they're saying that, uh, imperiling themselves, given the fact that they're in the incubator of Florida and Arizona, two pandemic states. Let's face it, every state to whatever <laughs> degree is a pandemic state still. Uh, so even at their own the risk of their own health, they're saying, you know, forget it. If you cannot guarantee us our full salaries, which – the owners are not. And if you can't compensate us a little for extra playoffs, we're not into it and we're starting as usual. That's where we stand now. What's your take?
1: First of all, as somebody who is just doing my taxes, <laughs> the owners are so full of crap if they say they don't have money. Okay. Yes. I do not get the level of corporate write-offs that the owners get. <laughs> I am not a billionaire by any stretch of the imagination. My husband's a mechanic. I work in You know, media. We are not billionaires by any stretch of the imagination. We do not get the same corporate write offs that Jerry Reinsdorf or the Ricketts do. So, anytime these owners are crying poor, I don't believe them because you know what? You could write, they write off 2020 as a loss, and that's just what they're going to do. So, for them to sit and cry, like, oh, we don't want to pay you extra money, but we want you to do more work, well, no you have the money. You're going to pay me the money if I'm going to do the extra work. And, and that it's is a the very simple labor dispute. Like, it's a very simple labor dispute. If you're not going to pay me for doing extra work, fuck you. I'm not doing extra work. <laughs> you know, like what else do you want? Like, what are you expecting? What were they expecting them to say? Like, oh yeah, expanded playoffs were so cool.
0: Okay, Colleen, as the player rep, I'm assigning you the player, you're the player rep. As a player rep, and this is something I speculated on in the first story I wrote, obviously it's been, I think just these last couple of days that this stuff's all been breaking, is if the, if the owners came to players and said, listen, we know the most important thing to you is full salary. You didn't get it last year. You'll, you got paid for the games you played, which you know sucks, but okay, we, we're all taking a hit in this weird world. Okay, we know what it is going in now. We're gonna give you your full salary no matter what, 154 games, 162 games, 100 games, season's canceled, we're giving you your full salaries. Is that enough for you as player rep to say, we're good? Expanded playoffs, DH, whatever. If getting, if getting that is enough, uh, are you okay? Or you still need more?
1: I th- you know what? I think when it comes to things like that, it's a slippery slope, right? Because once you agree... And this is a, you know, basic labor negotiation principles. Once you agree to do something for free once, once you give a little on things like that, they're going to, what's going to happen the next time something like this comes up? And I'm not saying that they're, you know, a global pandemic is a twice in a lifetime experience, right? But what if something similar happens? What if there's a strike? Or what if, you know, the next hurricane blows the Minute Maid Park into the Gulf of Mexico? You know, or there's an earthquake and Dodger Stadium falls into the Pacific Ocean. What, what's the line here? So I think if we're talking full salary, 254 games, is that inclusive of the playoffs? Because if so, I'm not saying no to that. But if it's 154 games, full salary, plus 10 extra games, I want to get paid for those 10 extra games because I'm still doing the work. And it's not at the end of the day, it's not the owners who are getting hurt. It's not the owners who are putting their bodies on the line. It's not the owners who have a very limited window where they can play professional sports. So I,
0: this podcast has taken me in some weird places uh, <laughs> since I've been hosting it. Colleen, I think I've, I've become like more or less somehow the Curt Schilling apologist, which <laughs> I should just leave based on that. Yeah. Uh, now I'm the big business rep. What's, what, <laughs> what's going on? How did somebody out left me? Come on, Colleen.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm it's just, the MLBPA, so nobody, or the collective bargaining, so nobody else has to. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, that's true. Right. And, and okay, so then yes, you definitely get to be the rep. And to me, it just seemed like, and again, we're talking very vaguely and you're right, it is a super slow, but you know, given the fact that, you know, We still don't know. I mean, there's a lot of assumptions being made. We don't know if a season will be played. We don't know if somehow this is going to turn worse. Uh, Obviously, I think everybody's got a little, there's a a lifted mood in the country. I think things, I think people rightfully believe, anyone who pays any attention to science would believe, and reality would believe that, yes, we're turning a corner here, and even though there's still a big mountain to scale, uh, things are going to get done, and this year is the year it's going to change, whereas we just apparently punted 2020, right? we're, we're in as worse or the same shape as we were a year ago. Um, right. But that, you know, that said um, that seemed to be enough of a give. Cause it's like, yeah, we don't really know, but you're right. I mean, this is a principle that I think the players are going to reject no matter what, because it's, Hey, if you're not paying us for expanded playoffs, which by the way, they're not, they're not putting the games on for free. The owners are standing I mean, they've already sold the rights to a, uh, a round of playoffs that doesn't exist formally. They've already sold it, I think, to ESPN. Uh, so they know what they're doing. They've earmarked that money. All teams benefit from that money. So it is a little naive for me to even think that, uh, okay, hey, we'll pay you the full season. You know, that's cool. And you know, really, financially, that might be a fair deal for the players. And, and as has discussion come up on, on our board, um, you know, hey, those playoff shares mean a lot to the the, the, the minimum um, the minimum salary players. True. But then to grab that cash there to be one of the teams lucky enough to win the World Series and cash in on that, what yeah. are you saying to the rest of the teams? What are you saying to all of your peers? Because it is, it is a little bit of this and you know, I mean, you can't deny that. Don't play games. You're saying, Hey, I got mine because I happen to be lucky enough to play probably a bit role on a World Series winning team. You guys, yeah. pff- Sc- screw you you know, i'm sorry kansas city you guys jumping a lake <laughs> a you know i got my catch, right?
1: jump, like regularly <laughs> that is true
0: oh yeah we got colleen coming about talking royals this year
1: <sighs> Ugh.
0: Ugh. maybe <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you could dig deep and get ugly out of them again
1: yeah <laughs> um So here's the thing, and I've said this before, I think it's important that the players who have gotten the big contracts and made a shitload of money, I think it's important for them to think about, the minor league players, to think about the minimum salary players. It's important that they remember essentially where they came from, that you reach back and you help those other players. Um, Whether or not that's happening remains to be seen. That's not something I, I know personally, but it'd be nice. It'd be great to see. It'd be great to see the collective unity of the Players Association.
0: We, uh, we're Apparently, we're at the negotiating table, Colleen. So let's wind this up <laughs> by saying, all right, do you think that these two sides, I mean, apparently MLB did their little pout and said like, oh, well, okay, they rejected it. They didn't have anything else to say. So, all right, forget it. We're the good guys here. They rejected it. So we're starting on time. I don't care if you can't come to the games. I don't care if you're coughing. Uh, we're just playing because they said so. They made us do it. Uh, do you think there's – I mean, we've, uh, obviously we're up against it. Players are already beginning to report, which is a little silly that this discussion is coming up, started on February 1st. But do you think there's any wiggle room for any back and forth where maybe uh, calmer heads prevail, season does get pushed back, uh, you know, a month. They do the compressed season, it's essentially 162 games anyway. And then they just they, – they, they come to some agreement. They split the difference on, on say, postseason money.
1: I think it's possible i think because we've already been on this road before with the 2020 season i think there is a possibility where they could find a middle ground where they could meet in the middle and with major league baseball coming out and saying like "Ugh, they didn't agree to anything we want how terrible are they as somebody who lives in chicago we see this all the time with the teachers union and public schools you know and nobody believes the public school nobody believes mayor lightfoot everyone's like eh, okay whatever um so it's it's a general tactic of labor negotiations where will is to go pout because you didn't get your way. Um, I think if it was not a year that the collective bargaining agreement was up, there would be a little more progress. There'd be a little more unity between the two, but because they're not only negotiating the season, they're thinking longer term the contract's up we have to do the new contract all of that stuff I think that adds an extra layer of difficulty to the discussions
0: yeah just the fact that we're even hearing things like okay the players are saying all right forget it we're not gonna negotiate we're j- now we're just gonna gather our forces and you know and uh, test our mettle for the next agreement and whether we have to sit out a season it's like oh my god are we yeah. already here we've suffered you know we as fans have suffered enough <laughs> and these sides can't you know figure things out man this has been an upbeat podcast <laughs>
1: I'm just here to ruin everyone's day <laughs>
0: apparently. We have had a lot of laughs though in the past so I, that's not a fair characterization and listen this is stuff we did you know we we do have to address and this might not be the only time we got podcasts to come we got stories to come hopefully not hopefully we get a story today saying all right now zero talent policy we can all say we can all celebrate uh major league baseball for a change. I'm not holding my <laughs> breath on <laughs> it. <so. laughs> no. But, you know, we can, you know, we can hope that there is some progress to come of this. And even through uh, articles like you've written and discussions we're having here and discussions I hope a lot of people are having and thoughts you're having as you're reading some of these pieces and the comments to them, whether they're ugly stuff you know, ugly stuff online or hopefully not on our board, but, you know, hopefully thoughtful stuff. You know, because there are people that sometimes who say, hey, listen, I don't know what to do. You know, help me out here. And, 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 and what you've written and the discussion that's going on here, I mean, I think helps that for somebody who might be a, a fan somewhat um, – you know, maybe somewhat isolated, uh, or, or, you know, maybe not having, maybe not having a daughter, uh, maybe not being married, maybe, uh, being a well, female and not knowing where to go.
1: Here's my issue with men caring about things because now they're married or because they have a daughter. They shouldn't, women are not for you to decide that we're people you having a daughter Should not be what takes for you to decide that this shit's not okay. You getting married, this affecting you, just because it doesn't affect you on a day to day basis in some capacity, does not mean you shouldn't care. Okay, I hate the like. Nothing drives me crazier than the well. I didn't care about this, and then I had a daughter, and I realized how terrible it was. Like, where the fuck have you been? (laughs) Like. Seriously? Like, what fucking rock did you just crawl from under? (laughs) So, like, and I I truly am sorry that if, I'm not actually sorry, (laughs) if somebody is saying that, like, I didn't realize how bad this was until I had a daughter. Dude, fuck you, okay? Like, go fuck yourself you didn't realize that women were people until you had a kid until it personally affected you you have some reading to do sir like uh send me a message i will give you some books that you can read to decide that women are people
0: well unfortunately colleen you know i'll throw myself in this as well and we have seen in this world today that unless it falls right on your plate i mean unfortunately more than ever um people don't care. And that's tough. And we do have to change that. And, you know, listen, your call out is fair. And we can also put, if possible, we can put a, let let me be the the sunshine fairy here and say, uh, you know, we can put a positive spin on what you're saying. And that is, hey, listen, if this is what it took you to, all right, shame on you. And again, I'm in that category, shame on you, but all right, what are you doing now? And we can hopefully, you know, I mean, obviously we're not throwing everybody off. It's not going to be possible, I think, to push All of us off into the sea. As much as that might be a desirable outcome in this world and on this planet, Uh, that said, hopefully, people who uh, you know say, "Okay, finally now it it hit me in the face, and now I take it seriously." All right, you know, shame on you. Not a great resume, but let's see where you're going to take it now. And, And and we've seen things, you know, like with the Mets and some of these other teams, where you know, maybe it is possible to not, I won't say turn something good out of this, but okay. Best case scenario, let's just aim for best case scenarios, you know, in these situations now. And I mean, I'd say that would be a marked improvement, uh, even yeah. if it's not perfect. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then it's infuriating to hear the now that I'm married, now that I have a daughter, this matters to me. Like, first of all, fuck you. Secondly, what are you going to do about it now? Okay, now that, now that you've decided that you care, now that you've decided women are people, what are you going to do about it? Because if you're not going to do anything, if you're just still going to say, well, I care now because I have a daughter, but you're not actually going to do anything, if you're not actually going to be a good ally, then, okay, well, sit down. Because I don't care what you have to say. Like, yeah. You actually, you actually have to do the work.
0: Yeah. You are muting yourself. That is true. I mean you might not think you are, but you're hitting the mute button on yourself because you're not you're not coming with good faith to a situation that whether you like it or not, whether you invited it, it's here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you do and you do have to reckon with it on, you know, sorry yeah. to say.
1: I'm sorry to the men that I just told to fuck off with that, but yeah, it it shouldn't have to happen to you for you to care about it. Like people are People, <laughs> you know, like there's no good way to articulate that without sounding yeah. so angry because I'm so fed up. Yeah,
0: and this is real. I mean, I'm sorry. Okay, there may be there may be fans like you who choose to opt for a little bit less of a, a confrontational approach to it. I would argue that probably doesn't get things taken care of as quickly as it should. This is real, and this isn't like it's not something you've been carrying for years. So, yeah, uh, you know, okay, it's great that now we're all we finally arrived at this place. We're all at the same table now. Oh, well, okay, fine. And it sucks that it took me- Some still aren't coming there. We're still having to drag some people to that table, but yeah. Okay. We're here now. Now what we do, what, what do we do with it? And again, hopefully these types of discussions and these types of articles, and unfortunately these types of incurred occurrences having to be reckoned with uh, are hopefully what takes us there. And, you know, I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know this isn't the, um, you know, the easiest discussion to have easiest article to write, and you prefer not to write it. I, I love you just kicking the crap out of the Kansas City Royals. So I hope we can get back to that
1: as soon as possible,
0: way. but you know, right now this is where we are and, and this is what we have to acknowledge and reckon with. And I appreciate you taking it head on. This is a quick turnaround and even being able to sit down and talk on this podcast, a tough one, but we've yep. had our fun and others as well, talking about the trash can Astros, et cetera. And we will again. We no doubt will again, but, you know, this can is the Astros one. So can the Astros do
1: something so make fun of them again? Can, no, just,
0: can, can they please steal some of the thunder from can all you the do something bags dumb. out there?
1: I need to make fun of you guys. <laughs> like, the Astros or the Royals, I need to have some fun again with this. Like, it's just
0: as soon as Southside Sox Podcast 22, Astros pending, uh, we can be talking please about. Talk things, so, <laughs> please, Astros, come through for us. You haven't done anything for us aside from yeah. gave us some fodder <laughs> for about a month or two a year ago. Come on. Come back and give it to oh, us. Come yeah, <laughs> uh, All right. That's going to wind up uh, Southside Sox podcast number 21. Thanks very much, uh, certainly under circumstances, Colleen, for uh, sharing some really terrific thoughts on this. Again, everyone, please, uh, if you've listened to our entire podcast, you owe it to yourself to, to read the article and have the discussion Uh, think about some of what's being discussed. It's not something that we want to just flush out of the news cycle so that next time there's just another bullet point and the article that we all have to write again is just one bullet point longer because we've done enough of that. Uh, Let's try to actually start tackling this stuff head on so everybody can feel comfortable just watching baseball. That isn't really too much to ask. Nah. (laughs) goals for
1: 2020.
0: Yay! <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody for listening and for reading and commenting. Um, please remember, let's, let's be respectful about this stuff. Let's be smart about it so we can all enjoy the game. You know, we all love and
1: please don't yell so, at me for calling Trevor Bauer a big dumb asshole. It's not, oh, a well, <laughs>
0: I'm with you on that one. Perhaps I took the PG-13 route, but I'm right there with you. I mean, Trevor Bauer's a big dumb asshole. Yep. Sorry, Trev. Uh, anyway, hey, listen, we'll see what happens the rest of the off season. Uh We've addressed every problem in baseball here in the hour that we've taken. Thank you for solving it all for us, uh, Colleen. Uh, we'll have you uh, back on the podcast real soon.
1: Yep. See ya.